welcome to the Suns of Fantasy Football League podcast brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. The intro song actually sounded normal there. That was, that was pretty good. Didn't have that weird break that it's been having. Uh, joining me tonight, it's Thursday night, it's halftime of the Rams-Vikings. Joining me from the Steel Curtain, my week four counterpart, Eddie Mitchum. It's good to be back. Yeah, we missed you last week. Left the show, caught an L. I got to get back on the show. Yeah, you did take that L. That's all right, though. Uh, tough loss. Care to, care to elaborate on it? Uh, I had a 51 point quarterback on my bench. I lost on like the last run of Monday Night Football, so it was pretty brutal. All right. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, let's get into the waiver wire recap. So, Fegley loses Jimmy Garoppolo to an ACL. It's well documented how much Fegley loves quarterbacks in our league. He continuously throws money on them in the draft. Sits there. Garoppolo for seven. Nobody says anything. Last year it was Jameis for ten. He loves him some quarterbacks. So, he loses Garoppolo. I, I would say he has a very capable quarterback next to him and Jared Goff but he goes out there spends 17 on Dalton 10 on Mayfield nobody else bid on Mayfield and the next closest bid on Dalton was 2 bucks your thoughts uh I actually didn't even look at the activity this morning so this is the first I've heard about it oh there you go 17 on Dalton. And who's on his roster? He has uh, Goff on his... Goff's on his team. Alright. So, your thoughts? That's bad. <laughs> I understand. I, I don't understand going to get both of them. That's what confuses me. Um, I'm okay with getting one of them. I probably wouldn't have gone as high. I would have gone as high as 10 for Mayfield. Definitely wouldn't have gone as high as 17 for Dalton. Um, but, you know, you you got to have confidence in golf out there. And if you want to take a flyer on a guy like Mayfield, I understand it. But Dalton's not going to be on this team in two, three weeks. I mean, he's just he's going to need that. He can't roster three quarterbacks and one on the IR. Why would you go as high as 10 for Mayfield, though? Like, what's the play there? How many weeks do you really, really think you're playing Mayfield over golf? No, I... I, I know I, we don't know yet, but yeah, you're not going to him at $10. I'd no. get a dollar throw on him, maybe try to keep him or send, ship him someone as a keeper, but I don't know. The only reason I said I understand going maybe 10 for Mayfield is if he turns out to be as good as Mahomes is, you want to have that asset. So it's like, I don't know. We're just automatically anointing Mayfield the best of all time. I didn't say that. Oh, that's right, because Mahomes is. That's right. Um, I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying when you have, you got to get it on the ground floor because the price will never be lower than it is right now, potentially. Could also be the highest his value ever is. So. Yeah. It's a tough call, but if you want to take the chance, I feel like if you like if you really want Mayfield, I'm okay with ten. But I'm not okay with 10 on top of the 17. Um, yeah. 
The third most expensive player this week was Chris Godwin for $9 from Abusement Park. Um, I had a $10 bid on Godwin for a little while, and I, I just couldn't... I couldn't come to terms with whether or not I, I liked him more or less than Callaway as like a backup receiver for me. Goblin's been great. He's got a touchdown in each game so far. But I also know that at some point, Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback on that team. And I don't know how much Winston and Goblin have a thing like Fitzy and Goblin do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's... Just fits slinging it around. I don't know how much. He's been a red zone guy, though. Yeah, and I mean, he's looked good. I mean, he's looked very good, but yeah. I don't know. Did you I mean, have, Did you have any interest in Goblin? I mean, I know he was a guy you were targeting um, preseason. Uh, I never really got in on it preseason too much. Maybe grabbed him once or twice, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't really do anything on the wire this week. I don't really have the spots to move anyone around I don't feel like I mean Crowder's approaching droppable but um I threw Buck Allen on there just in case but I got a lot of handcuffs that I need to have lingering right now with all the running back issues so I didn't really look right. look them up Chargers D was the most active uh they have San Francisco and CJ Beathard this week uh Chargers D had five bids on them the highest being bowl at seven dollars <laughs> He drops the Broncos D, adds the Chargers, um, myself, my dad, and both Storms brothers all uh, all had bids in on the Chargers. Thought that was a nice ad. Uh, my dad adds Tyler Eifert for three. Micah adds Rhett Ellison for three. I guess he's the new Giants tight end with Anger Mount for a while. And then uh, Buseman Park gets Vance McDonald for two, and Fleetwood Franchise gets Kelvin Benjamin for one. So... Not a whole lot doing there in the bottom of the waiver wire. Seems like we're having an increasing trend in teams uh, willing to spend more money for defenses week to week. So maybe you started something there last year. No one's gone quite as high as your 20 Jacksonville bid last year. But, um, you know, we're seeing 6 $7 thrown around for defenses week to week now for that, that top available defense on the wire. And makes things tough for... You know, a guy like me that's out there streaming defenses week to week. Yeah. I mean, I need to join in on the streaming, but I haven't yet. It's hard because right now we're still getting a feel for these teams and you're really more picking on the merits of how poor you think an offense is rather than maybe how good you think a defense is. So this week, yeah, this week I'm taking my shot with Seattle. Others are taking their shots with. Green Bay against Buffalo. I uh, saw Micah picked up Detroit against Dallas. So the same teams are getting picked on week to week, it looks like, too. Yeah, it's very much live by the sword, die by the sword at this point. You don't really know fully what you're getting yourself into. So You just want to get like in that probably 6 to 10 from your defense. Like You don't want them to crush your week. You can't, you can't put negative numbers up there. Yeah. All right, standings recap. Start off in the Elway division. We got the clan sitting there at three and zero. They got me by eight points for the season long. Um, team Ice Cream two in a row. I was wrong about that team. It looks like, but you know now bye weeks are hitting. You got Christian McCaffrey on a bye this week. That team looks a lot thinner. 
Mad Dogs at 2-1. Finally dropped one last week. Still feel like that's a good team. Power rankings reflect that appropriately. Um, Abusement has underwhelmed so far. Uh, Still a decent scoring team, 379. But there's legitimate concerns with that squad. We'll get into them uh, when we get into our weekly uh, games. Fleetwood franchise on the up-and-come after a win. And then the hammer is poor. Uh, we'll go to the Favre division. The Desert Dogs are on top, 3-0. They've won 13 straight, dating back to last season, in case no one knew that. Uh, Steel Curtain, 2-1. Big matchup this week at the top of the Favre. Uh, sea Wolves, Bull Weevils, Take Your Ball and Go Home, St. Louis Patriots, all at 1-2. and Two, two games back of the Dogs. Um, one game out of the playoffs. Anything stand out to you in terms of the standings? Um, not really. Um, there's a lot of teams that we weren't really high on, like Elon wins from other teams we weren't really high on. It's kind of mismatched right now between those things. I think Abusement Park falling down on one and two with the star power he has is probably the only real, real surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I don't think Fegley being three and zero is a surprise like now, but walking out of the draft room, I feel like his team is performing a lot better than I expected. But um, that might have been more of an oversight on my part. Yeah, I mean Gordon's been outstanding. Uh, nobody could have predicted what Tyreek Hill's done so far. He he's really had a nice start to his uh, his season. Um. Uh the projections from ESPN week to week still don't respect his team. Um, I think he's projected to lose this week, so it's hard for me to say whether his team's here to stay or if it's just, you know, he's getting some good performances early in the season. I'm going to be keeping an eye on what the projections before the week starts just to see what the general consensus of the guys on his roster are because he keeps outscoring the projections by you know, tens of points. So, I just think, think that's interesting that he's seems to be overachieving in the sense of, you know, what ESPN believes. But, yeah, otherwise, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about um, in terms of the standings. Not, nothing too surprising. We thought, you know, we thought that you and I had the better teams in the Farve and the rest was kind of bunched up. The standings are reflecting that. Um, and we thought there were some better teams over on the Elway side this year. And I'd say it's kind of reflecting that. I mean, if you look at point totals, ties in fifth, 346 points. You know, Phil's third in our division at 351. So it's real, it's real close in terms of... Uh, you know, points. I think the LA as a group is probably better this year, but um, I think our division might be more competitive, so we'll see. Alright, let's get into the week four matchups. Got two weeks left of divisional play before we get into our three crossover matchups. Uh, this is a, you know, a big week. These next two weeks will be big. You want to have a pretty good standing after week five. After playing everybody in your division once, it's hard to make up make up games in a 13-week season. So let's start off with Fegley and the Clan versus Micah and the Mad Dogs. 
Um, we'll start off with Fegley's team. Do you think Fegley can rely on Calvin Ridley week to week? We saw the three-touchdown explosion last week. He scored also in week two. Is this a guy that if you were Fegley, you'd be confident rolling out there in a flex spot week to week? Um, yeah, with how deep we are as a second flex, I think you're confident with him being a second flex. Am I expecting him to continue this? No, because I think we can expect it to regress a little bit when Freeman comes back. I think Sanu's still going to be highly involved, so I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs that come, but rolling him out as a second flex, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, and you can be confident in doing that. I, I agree. Um, I'm... I was high on Calvin Ridley. You know, I watched the draft with Fegley, and we thought Dallas should have taken him with their pick. Um, and then, you know, the Falcons traded up to get him at the end of the first round, and we thought that was a great move for them. But I don't think anyone ever expected anything from Ridley this week. It's so hard for uh, rookie wide receivers to compete right out the gate in year one. So the fact that he's going out there and just beating guys early is interesting. Um so I like Ridley. I, I think he's definitely a better player than Sanu. Sanu probably will still be involved. He had a touchdown last week, too. But um, definitely like Ridley. If you were Fegley, which quarterback of the three on his team, two of which we talked about in the waiver wire, would you start? Now, Jared Goff is obviously the right answer here, but he's on the bench. Goff at I, halftime, 251 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I think it would have been Goff regardless. I mean, this Viking team just lost to the Bills. I like, and they just lost one of their premier pass rushers for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, I mean, this offense is really good. There's just dudes on this offense. <laughs> like, um, and I don't know if the question ever was golf in terms, like, clearly McVay has ability to get guys open with route combinations. The question was never if Goff could make the throws. It was what kind of a decision maker was he? Was he confident in what he was doing out there? And, you know, McVay just has this guy rolling right now. So I think Goff's a must start for Fegley here on out, and I think he's going to regret um, that 17 he burned on Dalton later in the season if he needs that money. Just destroy people with play action. Like, it's so easy for him. Yeah. Like, your ball fakes a Todd Gurley in the middle of the field's wide open. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, Cup, Woods, and Cooks. Those are, That's a great trio. So, and Gurley's really effective in the passing game. I know we talked about that in the beginning of the year on the podcast. Um, let's move over to Micah's team. You hinted this to me two weeks ago, and um, I hadn't really thought about it, hadn't really seen it. But how concerned about Demarius Thomas are you? Um, pretty concerned. I th- I think Sutton's better than him. Sanders has shown that he still has it in that offense. Um, do you really think it's Demarius, or are you not sure about Keenum at this point? Um, or how much I mean, of those you know go back and forth between each other? Yeah, I mean, it is a little back and forth. I'm not, I'm certainly not going to tout Case Keenum, but I've kind of been down with Demarius for a year or two now. Yeah. It feels like he's lost a step. feels like he gets the dropsies every year. Uh, I mean, 
I don't know. I think at this stage of his career, like Sutton's more talented, which might be a bold statement, but I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I like Sutton too. I'd like to see what Sutton could do with the volume that Demarius still gets. Um, so between Demarius Thomas and Chris Hogan, Micah has something he needs to seriously monitor there at the wide receiver position. Um, yeah, don't love this team as much as I did leaving the draft. Yeah, when we first first show. Yeah, um, I still like his running backs. You know, I'm not a huge Lamar Miller fan, but. He's just going to get the work until Foreman's back and healthy, and then maybe Foreman gets mixed in there, and I'm still a believer in Alex Collins. So um, this team's still okay, but they need to start seeing, like some of these dudes need to start living up to what they were on draft day. Uh, How big of a game do you think Phil Rivers has this week? He gets the 49ers, who just have to be, as an organization, in a world of hurt, they weren't a great defense to begin with. They're better against the run than they are against the pass. And Phil Rivers seems to be one of those quarterbacks that he can throw it 50 times and the Chargers can still win. Um, what do you think he's got going on this week? Uh, it feels like, feels like a week where they can kind of get healthy both sides of the ball mm-hmm. and kind of just split up Melvin Gordon and Eckler and get out of there with the win and not do anything crazy, so I don't expect anything out of this world. Maybe like a two-touchdown effort? Yeah, sure. All right. Who wins? Go. Uh, the clan. Yeah. I Let's think... see if he overcomes Jared Goffbeat on his bench, but... I think he does, too. Um... Not... Not everybody can overcome 51-point quarterbacks on their bench, so it's a tough, tough task. We did never answer, though, which quarterback would I would start Baker over Dalton. Oh, out of the two to the left? Yeah. Um, that's tough. Um, A.J. Green's good to go, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd go Dalton. Johnny Heckard. Oh, he just... Oh, all right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're unleashing fake punts with 10.54 left in the third quarter here. Um, that was a heat check moment for McVay there, I think. Let's go that, to... That was in remembrance of Jeff Fisher, because I think he did well. <laughs> Special teams. Uh, Ty versus Butler. Franchise versus Hammer. Butler 0-3. Ty looking to build off that f- first one last week. You have been the biggest hater on Saquon out of my fantasy group of people. Do you feel like Ty's getting his money's worth out of Saquon so far? The the fantasy points have been there. A lot of that's been through the passing game. But what do you think? Um, I, I mean, I guess so. I guess he's outperforming. Is there anyone that was drafted that he's not outperforming? I don't feel like there really is. No, not really. So I guess with that being said, you say yes. The volume's there. I mean, the one week he only got 11 carries, he had 14 catches. So yeah, um, certainly getting the volume. So yeah, I think he is. I think so too. Saquon's been okay. I, I like him this week too. So um, we'll get to that later in the show. 
So yeah, I'm good. I'm good with Saquon Barkley. I think Ty's definitely gets money. That's a good point that you said. Of all the running backs drafted, uh, he is probably outproducing all of them. Uh, he has another rookie running back on his team, and he is the first Lions running back to go over 100 yards in 76 years. Um, carry on Johnson, 100-yard rusher last week, 104 on Sunday night. How do you feel about carry on the rest of the season? Um, I'm all right with it. I think he's going to give them a nice little running attack they haven't had with Stafford in forever. Um, I think he has probably fully supplanted the Garrett Blonde because he's just atrocious. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm good with it. I think I think the workload's going to come and go though because yes. it's still still Matt Stafford's team. Like I don't think you can bank on 16 carries and two catches every week. Yeah. Um, being as they were, you know, they're up and they're trying to keep Tom Brady off the field to avoid the comeback. But I mean. I'm good with it. I have no feel for how good or bad that defense is either, and that's obviously going to fluctuate the workload because in games that they're down, you'll see Theo Riddick on the field. So um, they do have to be, I think, competitive or winning games for Johnson to be, you know, an RB2 or better. I think he's a flex regardless. Um, but I think, obviously, if you own him, he's a guy that you want to see get up into that running back position. Let's move over to the hammer. Uh, obviously, congrats to Kev. We broke news on the podcast last week that he got engaged. But that will not save him from this fantasy team. Will Butler start getting Larry Fitzgerald production out of his $40 player at the draft now that Josh Rosen's there? Um, if they continue to run the same offensive scheme, no. <laughs> if they open it up and let him use his big arm and zip the ball over the field, like I believe he can, he's my favorite rookie quarterback. Um, then yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. Bradford's always been like a checkdown guy, but he's healthy. I, mean, I think they're just trying to switch it up and see if they can start pushing the ball. So. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how Rosen uses Fitzgerald. Um, he's the de facto tight end, I guess, on that team in terms of the kinds of routes that he runs. I know Seals Jones is there, but he, he uses the middle of the field, so Rosen should be able to see him. Um, but I agree that the routes and route combinations that they're running, I mean, them trying to come back and get in field goal range against the Bears last week was embarrassing. So, a lot has to change there. Speaking of things that changed kind of quickly, is Jared Cook done being a thing? Like, that that, that was a flash in the pan in week one. That's not something anyone has to be concerned about the rest of the year. Um, he had like five and six points the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had nine catches that week. He was really good. And he had four and then five. So his volume hasn't really changed. He's just not running free like he was that first week. Well, we've seen him be the big guy in week one. Then Cooper had the big game in week two. Then Nelson obviously had the monster last week. So I I guess you can still run Cook out there and think maybe week to week there's a chance he goes off because 
seems to be spreading amongst the receivers there. But um, there's not a lot out there. It's better than Jared Cook. But it's just funny how quickly people jumped on him after watching that outing, and now he's back to the same Jared Cook everyone thought he's always been. So that was more my point. Um, I'm guessing we both have Ty to win this one. Yeah. All right. Um, Shane and Phil playing against each other this week. They probably hope that they can tie so nobody gets a loss and they can share the win equally. Um, we'll start off with Shane's team. going to rack your brain here. Who's the best running back Shane started all year in terms of pure talent? I don't even know who he started all year. There's been some names through there already. So we got some some CJ Anderson action, uh, some Phil Lindsay action, some Legarrette Blunt, uh, Ty Montgomery's in there this week. We've seen some Corey Grant from Jacksonville. Uh, he didn't end up starting Smallwood last week, so can't even say him. Last week it was Lindsay and Grant, I believe. I guess it's Lindsay. By I'm, default. I'm gonna, he hasn't technically started this guy yet, but uh, I'm going to say it's Ty Montgomery. you got to have pure talent to be able to play wide receiver and running back in the league. So We'll see what Montgomery brings to the table. I, I don't mind that as a pickup uh, for him. So What just happened to Adam Thielen? Oh, uh, they're taking him off to check him, probably. Or he dropped the pass. All right. Uh, let's go back to Shane's team. Which quarterback to play? Uh, we've seen Watson start the last two weeks, right? I think so. Um, I know he started last week. You, I think and I... he definitely did the week before. You've been critical of that. Um, you know, I said on the power rankings, has Rodgers been the biggest bust in terms of keepers this year? It's nice that he has two startable quarterbacks, but you got to think it's killing him that he's not just de facto putting Rodgers out there every week. Yeah, he should be. So you think you would start Rodgers this week? Yeah. Is that just because, you're, in your opinion, you can't keep a quarterback and not have him be your guy? I just think he's the guy. Okay. Let's move over to the Phil's team, the Seawolves. He's not really going to run Fitzpatrick out there again, is he, over Russell Wilson? Um, Th- this pumpkin is, I mean, this thing is ready to go. Like, it, it, you saw signs of it last week. They got themselves down big. Um, and then, you know, he's able to turn the second half into some fantasy magic. Fitz magic, I guess, would be the appropriate term. But... This isn't going to continue. Yeah. I want to say this thing, too, but watching that game, I don't know how much of that early unraveling was really his fault. Khalil like, Max going to be eating his lunch, though, dude. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. The offensive line block the Steelers' blitz packages very well at all. But... um. Yeah, I think I'd keep going with it. Okay. I, I, I just think if you're going to spend $16 or whatever you spent on Russell Wilson in the draft, it's similar to what we said about Shane. Like, he's got to be your guy. But 
I guess you keep riding the the fantasy hot hand. I gotta keep saying in my head it's more fantasy and in terms of what he does as a quarterback because you know he's gonna chuck the ball around. Same team, uh, Peyton Barber. Should Peyton Barber be starting due to the law of flexology? You're the one that runs that law out here. Um, no. Really? No, I, like, his workload's just, I mean, I guess last week's the first week it was sketchy, but there was a lot of Jaquiz Rogers out there. And know it's, they were kind of forced into passing being down, but, uh, he's just, he's bad. I mean, the week before he had 16 carries for 22 yards. Like, so I even though, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been productive, but isn't the law of flexology starting a work, a running back with workload over like a fringe receiver, like maybe a Tyler Lockett, a John Brown, or a Geronimo Allison? Yeah. Supposedly. Um, Who knows? Lockett may catch one and run one back this week. So, Lockett's caught one every week. Allison's caught one two out of three weeks. And the guy we're discussing, his workload's fantastic, sure. 19 for 69 and 16 for 22. I mean, yeah. the offensive line's not good. No, you're right. Those, those two guys are better, so... I agree with you on that. Who wins the matchup of the two best buddies here? I'll take uh, Bill. I just don't think the running backs can hold up. I'll take Shane because he just seems to find ways to put one out. Let's move over to Abusement Park against Team Ice Cream. We kind of talked about the Goblin pickup already for sure. Um, so we'll just move right into why can't Julio Jones score touchdowns? I don't know. No one does. Ryan throws four or five last week. Three to Ridley, one to Sanu, one to Hooper. I mean, Julio's still been okay, but it, it it's like even when he catches the deep ones, he gets hawked inside the ten. The guy yeah. just literally can't get in the end zone. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about? I feel like it's just how good Zeke is. We'll talk about him here. He's underwhelmed, in my opinion, but he's had like 13, 16, and 17 points in his three games this this year. But that offense is so bad, I just feel like they're not even getting peak Zeke. Yeah, there's so much you can do with nine in the box. <laughs> Today we talk about... Vance McDonald, he's a specimen. Yeah. I was good. like three or four years too early on it, but that dude's a, dude's a nightmare. Yeah, he's an extreme athlete. That was really impressive catch run and um, disposal of Chris Conti's soul all in one play there. Let's move over to the Sp- Spears squad. Is Devontae... Todd what? Todd Curley, like a 90-yard screen pass. You win, sir. Nice. Is Devontae Parker the worst starting wide receiver in the league this week? <laughs> I'd have to see what else is being rolled out there, but uh, yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I don't think it's good. I'd have to say, yeah, I mean, I briefly looked at everything, but I guess you can make a case for one of my two flex guys, Mike Williams and Aguilar, but I don't even know what Parker did last week, honestly. Um, but I, I just can't feel good about rolling him out there right now. Pat Mahomes, over under 30 fantasy points this week. Um, Against Denver. Let's go under. Okay. I'm going to say over. Oh, yeah, there it is. He's just out. Oh, he didn't score. They also threw a flag. Oh, so it came back? Yeah. Dude, see, you're brutal. Who wins? Sure versus Spears. Um... I'll take... Sure. I'll take sure, too. Um, I don't think Spears can win on weeks where Hunt, A.J. Green, or Christian McCaffrey is out on bye. So, McCaffrey's on bye this week. Tough matchup for him. Let's move over to Bull Weevils versus Papa Cos and the St. Louis Patriots. How bad is Derrick Henry? As bad as we thought. Yeah, he's not good. <clears throat> so, he was one of Bull's big money players. The other one is OBJ. He's been alright, but are you concerned that he hasn't scored a TD yet? Um, no. I mean, I certainly have what he's doing on my teams. He had one bad week in week two, um, but that was just a bad game all around for the Giants. They lost to Dallas that week. Um, I'm not concerned about OBJ yet either but you definitely want to start seeing some of that elite level production sooner rather than later from him uh, moving over to Papa Kaz's team what's your outlook for Sony Michelle I know you didn't love him coming out of the draft um, Burkhead is on IR now obviously so you know James White maybe is the guy Michelle maybe gets more of that Deion Lewis role from last year what, what do you think um, I'm alright with it. Burkhead going to the IR helps, clears it up a little bit. So, I'm fine with it. I think he's going to get a lot of the rushing attempts, so. There's not a lot of other places for him to go right now, so. Yeah, I like Michelle too. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He, he looked bad last week. But I think he's, uh, I think he's got to be. He's got to get more of a role now. And, you know, I think James White probably has more value than Michelle, but I'm excited to see how they use this guy. I mean, they did basically trade Brandon Cooks for him. So, that was the pick that they used to take Michelle. Do you think Papa Cos needs to find a spot for Shady in his lineup this week? Or not yet? Um, No. I don't. I feel the same. I think there's better players in there. 
the, the case you could have made, I guess, was for cup, cup spot. But obviously that's working out for Papa Claus right now. Who wins this one? Uh, Papa getting the nice start from Cup, so you got to factor that in there. Yeah. Jay's playing through a fractured back, by the way. Oh, wow. I'm going to take Papa Claus. Yeah, I'm going the same way. All right. Game of the week, me versus you. Already over. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. start off with my team. Is there a case for Antonio Callaway over my other two flexes, Aguilar and Mike Williams? It doesn't matter. Um, I think there is over Aguilar. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking about, too. But I don't want to run out Callaway and Landry, necessarily. Yeah, that's true. But I think Aguilar's value comes with when Alshon comes back. Yeah. Um, is Alvin Kamara the top running back play this week? Against the uh, Giants. He, he is every week. <laughs> you really don't like him, do you? I'm so sick of him. He's not even a running back. No, he definitely is more of a receiver than a running back. Um, I don't know how I got so lucky in getting that dude last year. It's been a it's been a lifesaver. How much do you? Uh, this is an odd question, but how much do you hate your QB situation having to make a call between these two guys who are so similar week to week? It's the exact reason why I never draft two of them. I can't stand it. <laughs> I mean, you have to be happy that they're both having nice seasons so far, but, like, even when yeah. you pick right, like, you picked Ben last week, and you can't say you picked wrong, but then Ryan goes up and puts 51. Yeah, it's not like... I mean, I want to say that... Well, I can say. That decision feels like it's not going to cost me. Yes, it cost me last week, but a 30-point quarterback didn't lose me the week. It was the two-point Kenyon Drake that lost me the week, so... Like, while I would have won with the other decision, I'm not going to say that that spot cost me. Well, that's a good segue into my other question for you. Can Kenyon Drake bounce back this week against New England? Um, but he's going to need the ball to do that. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the hell the guy gets five carries against Oakland. Is that what it was? I was just going to check that. Five carries, two catches. They gave him the ball seven times. Thanks, Adam Gates, for telling us you wanted to get him the ball 16 times a game, whatever the hell you said. Yeah, how that? guy's that? a Five carries for three yards. And what did he do receiving? Two for seven or something. Two for seven. So seven touches. Interesting. Yeah, 14 carries in week one, 11 in week two, five in week three. That's not a good trend. You need that. That needs to turn around for you, like this week. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Who who wins? 
I can sustain it when I get healthy. You can. Yeah, you're right. Cause he's a he's a flex play on my team. I just need Cook to get healthy and Mixon to get healthy. That's the that's the underrated thing about my team. I'm two and one. I've I mean I lost my big price acquisition and one of my keepers. Yeah. So we're gonna be all right. Carlos Hyde's picking up the slack. So will you be two and two after this week? I already am. All right. So you're picking me. I'm going to have another uh, two-point running back out there this week, and Kirky and Todd are doing things. So I'm going to also take the Desert Dogs, because there's no reason not to. Um, all right, so no rapid fire this week. We're going into what I brought into the podcast last week. Um, I'm giving away, out of the kindness of my heart, $1,000 to me and you. I'm going to give it to Shane, too, if he ever joins us for a three-man pod. And we're going to go make some uh, wagers. So the lines that we're using is on sportsbetting.ag website. And we're going to do some player props. So it's kind of like bold predictions um, and the two-for-one special mixed together. But, you know, if you're a guy that likes to place a wager, I would recommend placing these wagers. So... I'll start off first. I'm going to take Saquon Barkley over 106 rushing yards this week against the Saints. I'm going to bet $100 on that to win 267. Or 100, 100 kernels. We'll call them kernels since we're not actually betting money. So, 100 kernels to win 267 kernels. Nice little, nice little cushion there on that one. Uh, second one, Mike Williams from the Chargers, over one receiving touchdown. All right, one plus, sorry, one or more receiving touchdowns. Um, I'm going to bet 200 to win 250. I think Mike catches one this week, obviously. And then uh, my final one, Antonio Callaway, over 66 receiving yards. This one is my big bet of the week, betting 300 kernels. To win 369 kernels. Um, I think Callaway can probably catch two big ones at least that come close to that 66. Um, so you may see Callaway in there over Aguilar in my flex there. What say you? Um, I'm going to put 200 KFC kernels <laughs> on each of mine. My first one's going to be... Carlos Hyde, 83-plus rushing yards. Uh, I like what he's been doing. I think they'll lean on him a little bit to ease Baker in to his first start. Oakland that's defense. 200. Oakland defense huh? also not good. Yeah, that's why they get Kenyon Drake five carries, though. Um, that's 200 to win 228. And then I'm going to lay down some kernels on Tom Brady, which no one probably expected. I'm going to take him for 311-plus passing yards. It just feels like there's one of those Tom Brady games coming, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know he likes to play divisional opponents. Yeah. He needs to just go out there and lace a team. There's another Kirky, another Kirky touchdown. Hey, Dalvin Cook's officially dead. We're throwing the ball to Latavius Murray on two-point plays. It's it's a wrap. This game's <laughs> over. I told you to get that decision wrong. Like Kenny Stills. Uh, so Tom Brady, 311 plus, 200 to win 238. And lastly, I switched this one last minute. I had a Melvin Gordon prop in there, but uh, it's a division game. 
Antonio Brown's going to eat, I feel like. So I'm going to go nine-plus catches on A.B., 200 to win 224. I like that one. I like that one a lot. That's a, some good value there. Nine's a big number, but... It feels like he has nine when he walks out the tunnel, though. Against Baltimore, yeah. They'll yeah. throw him six bubble screens. Yeah, He's only he going to catch three to, He seems to own them, so... We'll check back in and see if we've uh, made some money or if we're going to be betting a little smaller in week five. Let's. I should just make the rules of this. You don't have to bet in increments of a hundred. You could bet like maybe ten dollars if you really wanted to, you know, save some money. But we're going to come out swinging. We're going to make up for not doing this the last three weeks and try and uh, double that, double those kernels real quick, and then get back into it in week five. The good news is if you run out, it's just, I mean, it's like Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Just, I donated the first round. Maybe one of you guys can pick up the tab for the second one. All right. <laughs> Anything else for week four? I know it's a big week. I know you're excited. <laughs> what else you got? I'm not excited for this one at all. It's, I'm, I'm already, I've lost on Thursday night. Oh, my guys, I can say that. 55.9, you're starting a quarterback and a running back. Shit's dumb. And you're in the clubhouse with the, the highest score of the year. Yeah. Week Weekly and seasonal after this one. You're about to do some things. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be 211. <laughs> 211? Yeah, it's going like, to... Oh, my God. The death that my team is going to take on on Sunday is going to be awful. <laughs> Kamara's going to have, like, 16 carries for, like, 80 yards and 14 catches for, like, 103 and three scores. Like, it's <laughs> going to get bad. All right. On that note, that's enough talking about my team. 56.7. It just keeps counting. Let's wrap this up. I'm looking forward to week four. Like I said, two weeks of divisional play left. It's time for the cream to start separating, uh, rising to the top, and... I think the Desert Dogs will be there. So thanks for listening. We'll check in next week, see how week four went, and preview week five. And, uh, you know, eventually trades will start happening here, and that will give us more to talk about. We hope we can get a three-man pod here soon, get a little sports wagering and a little trivia on the pod for, for week five. So talk to you guys next week, and go dogs. <laughs>